in chapter 107. And today we're going to be starting at paragraph 624.3. And before we get started, we're going to say a word of prayer. And then I'm going to share this stream, live stream on some of my social media sites. And then we'll jump into the second half of this chapter. So um, let's have a word of prayer. And then we're going to pause for just a second for me to share. And if you would like to share it on any of your social media sites, then that would be the time to do it also. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for um, bringing us to another Sabbath. We thank you for the special blessings that you have for us only on the Sabbath and only during the Sabbath hours. And we pray that you would bestow each and every one of those blessings upon us. Lord, as we... Um, begin and open up this study. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with us and to open up our understanding, help us glean principles of truth from um, this study and help us to apply these principles of truth into our lives, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we lift up your name and give you all glory and honor, Lord Jesus. And we just ask that you just open up our minds, Lord Jesus, and help us uh, to have our lamps trimmed and burning when you return to this earth to take uh, your people back home again. Help us to be among that glad throng is my prayer. In, in Jesus' name we pray. And be with the carols, Lord, as they are traveling this weekend. Uh, bring them back uh, to St. Louis and back home safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, now give me just a second here to share on my social media. And uh, let me see here. Well, I don't see it up yet, so uh, we're going to go ahead and get started, and I may have to share it later. All right. Um, let's see. Again, we are studying from the book, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, uh, Chapter 107, and we are beginning at paragraph 624.3. Of this chapter is the dangers of self-confidence. And um, so I'm going to actually back up to the paragraph before this, because I think it's an important paragraph, 624.2. I just want to read through that paragraph. At this time, Sister White has been talking about in earlier paragraphs, uh, a gentleman that she calls, um, let me see, what is his name? Brother F. And she, she likes to just give the first initial of a last name, calling anybody out by, by their full name for people to, I guess, um, uh, ridicule or, or, or um, go after. But uh, anyway, let me just read this paragraph before. And I think this is important for a lot of us because sometimes some of us may be caught in these situations. She says, I was shown that the advocates of truth should not seek discussions. And whenever it is necessary for the advancement of the cause of truth and the glory of God, that an opponent be met, how carefully and with what humility should they go into the conflict? With heart searching, confession of sin and earnest prayer 
and often fasting for a time, they should entreat that God would especially help them and give his saving precious truth a glorious victory that error might appear in its true form and its advocates be comforted. Those who battle for the truth against its opposers should realize that they are not merely that they are not meeting merely men, but that they are contending with Satan and his angels, who are determined that error and darkness shall retain the field, and the truth be covered up with error. As error is most in accordance with the natural heart, it is taken for granted to be clear. Men who, who are at ease love error and darkness and are unwilling to be reformed by the truth. They do not love to come to the light lest their deeds should be reproved. Now, I'm asking you, in this, in this current political climate that we live in, we see, we see a former president who has twisted around um, the reality of the things that, that are going on and things that he's been charged with so that that he has made himself the victim of all of, of, of what's going on. And instead of being the one that has uh, been the attacker uh, and the one that has been attacking American democracy, he has twisted things around to say that he's the one being attacked. And he's being attacked by the current president and the current uh, powers that be. What do you all think about that? He's making himself a martyr. He even said that I'm being prosecuted for your sake. Those are the words of Jesus. Mm. Mm. That's amazing, isn't it? And he is, and he's gaining popularity among his people because it said it right here. It said that that um, men who let me see. Men who are at ease love error and darkness and are unwilling to be reformed by the truth. They do not love to come to the light lest their deeds should be reproved. So what's interesting is that he's not talking about and he's not denying what he did. What he's saying is that whatever happened in the past, he's not even dealing with that. He's dealing with the present and saying, well, I'm just being persecuted in the present. You see how he flipped that thing? And that's what this is kind of talking about that, you know, instead of dealing with the truth and instead of dealing in the truth and with the truth, those who don't love the truth, they'll flip it and, 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 and try to use the present instead of their deeds and their wrongdoing, they'll use the present to say, well, I'm just being attacked and I'm just being uh, misunderstood. And you know what I think about Sister Karen and those on the line? I think about when Satan went to those angels in heaven and he ended up convincing one third of them. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I see this in the same format. He, mm. uh, Trump, you can mix a little air with a little truth. Mm. And I said, and then the people that have that, that are not really and I say in our day and time, I aren't really, you know, studying the word. They just rather hear whatever the preacher says. And that's, that's God. I mean, that's said. But when you study some of the things that, like I said, not only 
Trump. But when you study in the Bible, you find out this is Satan's tactic all along. And those people that are determined to listen to Trump, they haven't even searched the word for themselves. They just based on what well, he's saying, you know, they, they, they had electric votes and all this. And it's like, it's back to the same old Satan deceptions that he used in the, uh, up in heaven. And now it's being used right here on earth. And people are still falling for it because they're not studying the word of God. Right. And I've heard some people say, well, I just like him because he speaks his mind. It doesn't matter that what his mind is speaking is not true. Or it may even be criminal, the things that he's doing. You know what I'm saying? They don't care about that. Just that he speaks his mind and he does whatever he thinks. You know what I'm saying? So do lunatics. <laughs> well, I think you, you know they got a name. What, what do they call those people? Narcissists? I said, yeah. that's a sickness. Yes, it is. It actually is. It actually is. It may be a spirit. It may be a spirit of error. Oh, it's definitely a spirit. Mm-hmm. Like the pastor said, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're dealing with powers, right. powers and high places. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. We don't know all the many forms that spirits inhabit people's bodies and, and, and the results of that inhabitation. You know, we don't know what particular... Um, traits that the spirits bring with them that you know are are are, that people are possessed with we don't know those things because we i mean we just don't know and for those who support him who have who are on the record for condemning him and pointing out those sins when they occur are still bowing down they this is what godly godly less net women godlessness looks like but yet i still pray for them we mm-hmm. still have to pray for those people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right um let's move amen on. let's move on to the chapter that we were actually starting at for today i just wanted to back back up to that um and just read that chapter because I just thought it was so, I mean, read that, you know, that paragraph because it was so important. And I, I think, I, I think what stood out to me in that, that, that paragraph that I just read through too, is that we as advocates for the truth should not start up conversations about the truth, especially when we don't know what Satan's aim and tactics are. And so she's saying, don't start up conversations about it unless you don't even start them up. But if you, but if it has been started and you have to somehow jump in, do it with prayer, with humility, with heart searching, with, with, um, and she said, sometimes even fasting, which means, which when I read that part, it means to me that sometimes if you have that opportunity to go away for a few days, fast for a few days, and then come back to that conversation with that person. Now, sometimes you only get one opportunity to speak to that person because you may never see them again. In which case, then you would really just say, okay, Lord, help me here. You know, what do I say? What, what do I, what do I do? Uh, I remember one time and uh, uh, a lady came into my office 
and uh, her husband's brother had been killed in an auto accident. And after we finished our business, she started talking about um, her husband's brother. And, and she said, she said, well, you know, the other night um, we were woken up in the middle of the night. We were awakened in the middle of the night by the TV just coming on by itself. And so she said, we got up and turned it off went back to sleep. And then she said, and then later on, it came on again by itself in the middle of the night. And so then she said, so I told my husband, well, you know, that's your brother trying to communicate with you. And I thought to myself, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say behind that? You know? And, or do you want me to say anything behind that? And the word came to me from the Lord. You may never see this person again. She cannot walk out of this office believing that error, you know? And so I just, I said, okay, Lord, you got to give me the words to say and what to say to her. And so I just spoke, the, I just spoke Bible truth to her about the state of the dead, you know? And I just said, that was not your husband's brother trying to communicate with him, you know? And went on into some, some, some scripture verses or whatever. Now, whether she believed it or not is, is not on me. You know, I was just obedient to the word of the Lord. And that's all we can be is obedient to the word of the Lord. If something is presented to us and if we say, okay, Lord, what is it you want me to do? You know what I mean? I understand, Karen. I had a similar situation where I had a coworker and she kept saying, Oh, you can't do this on, on Saturday because you, you, your Sabbath. And I, I politely let her know. I said, if you read your Bible, it's God's Sabbath. And then she, and you know, she kind of cluckered it off. And she said something about, again, about your Sabbath. And I said, you know, sister, I said, if you read your Bible, I said, the first thing you do when you open your Bible, it says, God created. I said, I wasn't even around then. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, some other people started laughing like, dang, Harper just... But, you know, there wasn't nothing I can say in her mind. The yeah. only reason why I couldn't do something on Saturday, because it's my Sabbath, your yeah. Sabbath. And I'm like, I ain't invent nothing. I was created, and I wasn't in there. It right. was at the foundation of the world. So I walked away, you know, and everybody was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so so I, I, I came away from that paragraph that I read thinking, okay, we are not to start nothing. You know, what the old folks used to say? Uh, how do they put it? Don't if, start, I won't be known. Right, right. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you may only see that person once or, and so then you just have to say, okay, Holy Ghost, what do I say? What do you want me to say, if anything? Or you may have the opportunity to go back home and, like I said, fast over what, what your response will be so that you give an orderly and well-thought-out response to, to, to what they have said. So prayerfully, always be ready to be a defender of truth. Mm-hmm. Right. But then still, even then, ask for the Lord's help at that moment. You know, step, step behind the cross and say not, you know, hide me behind the cross, Lord as I give this response. I remember one time being with a lady and you know how some, have you ever had the experience where sometimes you speak to someone, you don't even know where that came from. You just say, Lord, help me. And 
you give an answer that, huh, well, that was interesting. I never would have thought of that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and uh, he said the, he would that. Yes. Remembrance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes he'll put stuff together in your mind. And I think it was, I think it had to do, let me see, I was talking to her and somehow we got on the subject of, uh, I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about the day Jesus was crucified and the day he arose and how he rested in the tomb on, on the Sabbath day. And we were talking about Good Friday and it just, the, the Lord just put it all together in my mind, you know, to um, talk to her about it. Um, but God is good like that. He's so good like that. All right, let's move on to the next paragraph. Uh, 624.3, which is actually where we were supposed to be starting today. <laughs> um. She says, if those who stand in vindication of the truth trust to the weight of argument with but a feeble reliance upon God and thus meet their opponents, nothing will be gained on the side of truth, but there will be a decided loss. In other words, if we don't lean on God and ask for his help, there's not going to be anything gained. She said, unless there is an evident victory in favor of truth, the matter is left worse than before the conflict. And she says, those who we were talking to who might formerly have had convictions in regard to the truth, set their minds at rest and decide in favor of error. Because in their darkened state, they cannot perceive that the truth has the advantage. So she's talking to Brother F and she said, these last two discussions didn't do much to advance the cause of God and it would have been better if they had never even occurred. So when we rely on ourselves, she's saying, it's better for you not to even step in that arena because now those people are gonna go away more firmly entrenched in error than if you had never even opened your mouth. And she said, brother F did this and he didn't engage in them with a spirit of humility and a firm reliance upon God but he was puffed up by the enemy and he had a spirit of self-sufficiency and confidence that did not become a humble servant of Christ. In other words, he had on his own armor. What does our own armor look like? What does our own armor look like? Anybody? What is Pride. it? Pride, ego, self-sufficiency. Mm. Um, it could be vanity, depending on what, you know, arena we talk, you know, what area or category you're talking about. Mm. Anything that, that sets us up higher instead of recognize, recognizing God has blessed us with certain gifts mm. and skills and only through him they can be used correctly. Other than that, we're just a poor witness, which is actually an advocate for the devil. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I think even if we have the right message, you have some that can quote so many Bible scriptures, and a person might have just asked one simple question, why do y'all go to church on Sabbath? When they get done with them people quoting all these Bible scriptures, the person forget what they even asked. 
And they just wanted a, a simple answer. I'm a Bible keeping Christian, and I go because thus said the Lord. But when they, like I said, when they get so much thrown at them, they're like, oh, you know, I, I can't even comprehend all this stuff you're telling me. Cause you're, and, and, and I do know there are many that have good hearts when they do that because they want them to know. I know the scriptures to back it up. But sometimes we just maybe want to just give them a simple, uh, you know, if you study this chapter or you go to this uh, book chapter and verse, study it for yourself, then give me a call or something that simple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about our own armor, the question that I asked, and our own armor has all kind of holes in it, doesn't it? Yes, Lord. All, all kind of places where the devil can get in. It's like it's like having a, 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 what is it, a floatable in the pool, but it doesn't float if it's got holes all in it. You know? And that's the point. That's the visual. You can't... You're not going to float if your floater has holes all in it. But when you're covered with the whole armor of God, you are going to float. And you know, that's one thing I can say that I'm so glad God reminds us. If he's sending you somewhere, him and the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. Instead of using your your own, I guess, your own so-called abilities and talents that you think you got to save somebody when we can't save anybody. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts their hearts. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And we forget that point. We think we got to catch them. We got to clean them. And uh, then we got to, we got to cook them. You know, we, we think we have to do everything and that's not our job. Nothing worse than self-righteousness. Right. Right. Um, and then she moves on in the next chapter to say that God had provided this brother F with two other humble servants, more experienced than him, who had provided him excellent advice, but he didn't take it. And she said they were the ablest in the field, not able not somewhat sufficient. She said they were the ablest in the field. And they had they had been they were acquainted with, with the workings of Satan. And one of them had passed through intense mental anguish. And he had been permitted in the providence of God to feel the heat of the refining furnace. And uh, and we were talking about that in Sabbath school today, being, you know, suffering persecution. We were talking about the Apostle Paul and suffering persecution for God's sake and being in prison in Rome, but actually, uh, you know, suffering for the gospel. And, and so this, this uh, worker that God had provided to Brother F, he had been through all of that. And, and he he was, I guess, placed there by God to be a help to Brother F. But he didn't listen. And he didn't, uh, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, just a minute. <coughs> and he didn't take his advice 
And then it was also uh, Brother Andrews. And he had as deep an interest in the discussion as, as this Brother F. He said, you should, and she says, you should have listened, or this Brother F should have listened to the spirit of humility to his counsel, and he would have profited by his instructions. And so not only was she telling him that, you know, he should have depended on God, he should have prayed, he should have relied on God, but God had sent him help that he should have taken instruction from. And he was just too proud and too puffed up, like you said, Apollo, just too proud and puffed up. And then it's like she said, Satan's aim here was to defeat the purposes of God. That's always Satan's aim, to defeat the purposes of God and to thwart any gains that God is trying to, to, to get. But thankfully, we know that God has the, gets the victory in the end. Now, whether or not we will be included in that victory, that's our choice. But we know that God will get the victory in the end. Um, and let's see. Further on in that. And you know, that oh, go ahead, Pastor. And, you know, as you were talking about that and, and God sending help, you know, I have seen people that, and let me just give an example. They may have been a deaconess or a deacon, and when they get a promotion, it's like, all of a sudden, they got that title, and they just lose what God had been purposing for them to do. It's like, you know, now I got the position I want, and I can do this, and I can do that. And I'm like, why, is, why you know, did the Holy Spirit leave them? Or, you know, once they got that promotion, they became where they started criticizing other people. And I thought, you were never like that when you were a deacon. Now that you're an elder, you know, it's a whole different ball game, and I'm like, Lord, I'm gonna keep praying for them because they had their kind spirit when they didn't have that title. I heard, I saw that one time, Patsy, with a pastor. He went, this guy went to school to be a pastor, and when he became a pastor, you know, he was always nice and approachable before, but once he became a pastor, he told me I had to make an appointment to talk to him. Oh, have mercy, Lord Jesus, help him. I said, I got him here. Yeah, I'm a little busy. If you want to talk to me, you can uh, make an appointment or something. I said, uh, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> Not interesting. Yeah. Many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> hmm. But you know, when, she, when Ellen White is talking about Brother F, you know, had he had that humble heart, he wouldn't have looked at them, you know, he could have, I guess in, in my in my crazy mind, he should have been praying anyway and saying, thank you, Lord, that you know that you're showing me somewhere that, you know, that can strengthen me. Because there are brothers and sisters that will help you along the way to strengthen you. And it's like, you never, you know, they, they're not looking for a thank you. But when I get to heaven with them, I'm going to let God know. That little red thing they got on their crown, that's me. <laughs> they, help, they help me. That's me. <laughs> you that little red thing. <laughs> so you know, got to be red. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, that's good, Patsy. <laughs> um, but uh, she says that, you know, 
Satan's purpose was to gain, take possession of our minds. And, and that's how he, that's how he thwarts the purposes of God. And so basically this effort that brother F had made would have been an utter and complete failure, but because of the mercy of God, God would not suffer his enemies to obtain a complete victory or decided victory. So, and she said, because of the agonizing prayers of his servant, which I assume this is the gentleman that God had sent to help brother F, um, it says angels came to the rescue. So instead of an utter amen. failure, amen to that, right? Instead yes, of an amen. utter failure, there was a partial victory, but a partial victory, but a complete victory would have been better than a partial victory. But she says nothing was really gained by the, the whole effort though. So, so basically that's like saying, okay, you go out to battle, both sides charge, there's, there's no loss. The, the battle is not lost, but there's no gain either. So you end up in the same place you are. You were. What was the point? You had lives lost on both sides, but you didn't gain any territory. You understand? That was the situation here. God didn't suffer them to lose territory, but they didn't gain any territory either. You go back to the same place you left. Yeah, you're in the same position that 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 uh, you were in before you started. And you know, I have a, a a thought. I'm like, why would you spend your time on earth going to church and praising God, and then you all of a sudden decide I'm gonna go back in the world because? And and I'm gonna be honest. I've heard some Sunday keepers say, oh, "Well, we say by grace," and I thought. Grace don't mean you're going to go back and do whatever you want. Right. And, you know, and it's a lack un of understanding. It's like, well, I go to church every week and, I pay, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then, you know, if you, it, I just don't understand. Why would you put that much time into learning about Jesus just to be lost? It makes right. no sense to me. Right. And, you know, what I find interesting is that I'm learning that so many people read the Bible but they only read it here a little. They don't read it there a little and then compare scripture to scripture so that, they, so that they get the entire message. They read a little, which in their minds confirms that they don't have to change. They can continue doing what they want to do. So, they in, in, so as, as, as how they say, uh, sanctification is a lifetime. They're going to stay at one point, for, if there was a scale of one to ten, they won't stay at one for the rest of their life until Jesus comes. And, right. that, and, and that's, that's not what God intended. God intended us to grow. Right, right. And he intended us to grow up in the faith and grow up into complete obedience. Out of love. Amen. Not, not, not Amen. just a ritual obedience, but really to grow in love for him and thereby be obedient because of our love for him. You know? Amen, sister. Yes, I touch and agree on that one. Mm -hmm. um, and, so she's, and so she says later on in this, by, by saying that no ground or no territory was gained, uh, reminds me of a, of a conflict in, in, in what it, uh, is it, uh, where's that conflict at? Is it Romania? Where is it? 
all over the place. Ukraine, Ukraine, yeah, Ukraine. Ukraine. Right, where for a long time there was no uh, Putin didn't gain any ground. You know, although all this fighting and so many dead uh, soldiers and civilians, but he wasn't gaining any territory. And, and, and certainly not what he had hoped to gain. Um, but it says that um, that that with the with with two able men by his side, as advocates of the truth, she said to stand against one man who was seeking to cover it up with error. It says, "In God, you could have been a host had you entered the conflict right." But she said, "Your self sufficiency caused it to be almost an entire failure." And so she says in the next paragraph, you should not have entered a discussion with so much at stake, relying on your own aptness to handle strong, to handle strong arguments. If it cannot be well avoided under the conflict, but enter upon them with a firm trust in God and in the spirit of humility, in the spirit of Jesus, who has bidden you learn of him, who is meek and lowly in heart, and then in order to glorify God and exemplify the character of Christ, you should never take unlawful advantage of your opponent. So lay aside sarcasm and playing upon words. And, and I'm going to say, add to that criticism. Don't criticize people for what they don't know, you know, or, 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 or be, like I said, sarcastic about what they don't know. But remember, you're not in conflict with that person. You're in conflict with Satan and his angels. And so it says, he who overcame Satan in heaven and vanquished the fallen foe and expelled him from heaven and who died to redeem fallen men from power, from his power, when at the grave of Moses disputing about his body did not bring against Satan a railing accusation, but simply said, the Lord rebuked thee. And you so, know, Sister Karen and everybody, sometimes, when you when you listen to people, they have all the knowledge, but they they leave out so much of what does said the Lord that their own they put their own thoughts and agenda in it, and you're like that changed the whole meaning on what you you know what is said in God's holy word. But into but to them, you're not gonna tell them they're wrong, and you're not gonna correct them. You just sit and listen, and you're like. You you know you missed the point that it's supposed to be what does say the Lord reading it out of the the word not putting it in your format. Mhm. Mhm. Right. And um, she says down in the next paragraph that Brother F utterly rejected and despised the counsel of the two men that God had sent to help him, and it says that um. And they were entitled to his respect and confidence. And she says further that that would not have injured his um, dignity or anything to be guided by their judgment. But she said God's angels marked his self-sufficiency and with grief, the angels turned away from him. And it says he could not display God could not safely display his power in Brother F or in his behalf because he would have he would have taken the glory to himself. And then 
his future labors would have been of no value to, to the kingdom. So basically God could not trust him in the future. Now, then he goes on to talk about his wife and how she's a hindrance to him in the work hmm. and how she was not consecrated to God and she loved ease. She shunned burdens. She did not deny herself. She was indolent and her example was not worthy of invitation, imitation, but it, it was an injury to the cause of God. And then she talked about how she played favorites in the church and she only liked certain people, the ones that praised her. And oh, mercy, do we not see that in some of our churches today? Don't we? Don't we? She only liked the ones that praised her and the ones that didn't and didn't lavish praise upon her or husband. Um, then you know, she was cold towards them. Mercy, and 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 her opinion and her influence, uh, he he her husband, brother F, really took to heart. And so then in church matters, they thought and acted based upon the wife's opinion of people. And it said, it's basically, she's saying to him down in um, paragraph 627.2 that he needed to exemplify the life of Christ for he had solemn responsibilities resting on him. And she said that the wife is responsible to God for her course. It says she was a hindrance to, to him and she must render an account to God. And she says, sometimes she arouses and humbles herself before God. See, sometimes, and is a real help, but she soon falls back into the same inactive state, shunning responsibilities and excusing herself from mental and physical labor. Her health would be far better if she were more active. But it says that, you know, she does not lack the ability to be more active, but the disposition to act. And she will not persevere in cultivating a love for activity. If she will not persevere, then God can do nothing for her in her present condition. So it says that she has to arouse herself and devote to God her physical and mental energies. God requires this of her and says, and in the day of God, she will be found an unprofitable servant unless there is a thorough reformation on her part and she lives up to the light given. And until that reformation takes place, she should not be united with her husband in his labors. So basically God can't use her and, and, and God doesn't want the husband trying to use her in his labors. Now, I don't know if brother F is a minister. It doesn't really say that part or if she's a first lady or what, but whatever it is that he is, God is basically telling him, no, don't pull her into your ministry right now because she is a hindrance to the work. You know, I, I have a question and I always was raised that people that go into the ministry, God has called them. And I said, you know, and as we get closer to the end of time, some of these people that are saying they are ministers, you know, I wonder if, you know, and it's just a thought. I said, I pray for them because I'm like, the, you know, in the last days, they said it would be false prophets and stuff. But some of them are saying, you know, I've, God, told, uh, God gave me a vision and all this. And I'm just like, like I was looking at the, um, around 4 o'clock at the, they broke in. And there's a man that's coming to St. Louis downtown. And they got tickets on sale to go down there and see him. And he calls himself a prophet. 
And I said, but when you listen to a few things that he's being said in his commercial, I'm like, where did they get that from? I guess I don't know the religion they belong to. And it just, you know, it just reminds me that I've got to stay studied up for myself mm-hmm. in order to, you know, to, to, cause like I said, if you're, if you're a person and you're not reading the Bible, he sounds good. You go buy them tickets and, and go on down there in September and listen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not studying for yourself. And that's what Satan is counting on that most people, he keeps them busy with this, that, and the other. And day by day goes by and they're not opening their Bible. You know, the TV is what informs them of what's going on in the world, of what's going on in the spiritual realm, um, of what's going on in the entertainment realm. TV and phones. (laughs) And how to react to it. I don't think there's anything wrong with watching and making sure something is around you or what's going on. The Bible says watch and pray, but the Bible tells you how to react and what's really going on. When you see, when he says, when you see these things, I'm even at the door. The the TV's not going to tell you that part. Yeah. And then in this final paragraph, uh, final paragraph, she says that God will bless and sustain Brother F if he moves forward in humility, leaning upon the judgment of experienced fellow laborers. So two things, he moves forward in in humility, and then he takes wise counsel from experienced fellow laborers. So that's two things that that we can take from this study is that, you know, God will bless and sustain our labors because we're all, we're all ministers of the gospel in some way um, with the talents that God has blessed us with. And so if we move forward in humility, trust, trusting and totally leaning upon God, and if we also um, lean upon and take counsel from others more experienced than us. You know, this Our, is such a sad story. Yeah. <gasps> it's a cautionary tale, but this whole episode, I feel, I feel sorry for the people. I mean, yeah. 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 Well, this 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 book was written for our count for our council, you know, for us to consider and to take to heart, you know, some of the and things. No, I, I know. Go ahead, Pets. Oh, go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. No, I was basically done. Yeah, because I was gonna say, you know, I know I said it before that. It was so many people that was like, you don't need to know all this stuff about no Ellen White. And I find myself saying, thank God I listened to the Holy Spirit Mm. and I started getting on these lines and learning because I don't care what they think they don't need to know. Mm. I know what the Holy Spirit tells me. You need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And I said, and, and, and like I said, and a person had asked me, said, do you only, uh, you think that she, that, that, oh, does she take the place of the Bible? I said, Ellen White has never told anyone in her writings that she takes the place of the Bible. I said, in fact, she leads you back to the Bible and gives you a deeper understanding of what was going on in some of those times. But yeah, well, I just, like I said, I praise God all the time that I got online so, because I'm going to admit when I don't know something. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to fake it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. 
Yep. Mm. Anyway, that's our time for today. And um, I think that uh, since Lee is not here, we'll have him. Uh, I'll have him give me his uh, update on on his uh, chapters sometime during the week, and I'll I'll send them out um, before next Sabbath. Um, but anyway, um, let's go ahead and close out. Uh, Paula, would you give us a closing word of prayer, please? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to yet another Sabbath, to bring us together to, to uh, seek a deeper understanding of your word through your inspired prophet. Father God, forgive us for our sins. Carry us through this week with, uh, with you on our hearts, that we represent you in the things that we say and do, that we be pleasing everything that we say and do be pleasing unto your sight and be a witness unto others so that we may glorify your name. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 I'm going to ask for a prayer request because I was on the uh, Vespers prayer line. I'm, okay. I'm asking that, that we pray for our family. They lost their seven, their 15-year-old son. So oh. keep that family uplifted. Okay. Okay, surely. Uh, you want to give any more information about them? It was another sister, and she, you know, asked everybody to pray. So I said, I'll make sure on the prayer lines. I just mentioned that the husband and wife they lost their fifteen-year-old son. Okay, okay, surely. All right, okay, everybody. Well, thank you for joining today, and um, we will see you next week. Everyone have a blessed week. All right, you all too. You too. All right, all right. bye. Bye bye.